Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Brussels is ready to crack down on sweetheart tax deals for big companies, and TikTok is asking a federal judge to save it from being blocked in the U.S. Plus, Turkey's lira is down an astonishing 20% against the U.S. dollar this year. But Turkey's central bank is in a tough spot when it comes to what it should do and what President Recep Tayyip Erdogan wants it to do. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The European Union agreed to a 750 billion euro recovery fund this summer. It took a marathon summit in July, but the bloc came to a deal to help countries hit hardest by coronavirus. And with it comes the opportunity to lay out new reforms, like cracking down on sweetheart corporate tax deals. EU governments hit by the pandemic will get a mixture of grants and loans to support their economies. The EU's economics commissioner, Paolo Gentiloni, recently spoke with the Financial Times. He said that he'll be demanding recovery plans that address aggressive tax planning. That means multinational corporations and high net worth individuals shouldn't get sweetheart tax deals. The EU isn't just hoping countries will do this by themselves. The Commission is going ahead with plans to clamp down on specific tax measures that distort the single market. But officials don't expect Brussels to have anything ready until 2021. There have been a dizzying number of updates to the TikTok story over the past few weeks. It seemed like over the weekend, U.S. President Donald Trump would approve an early version of a deal between TikTok's Chinese owner ByteDance and American companies Oracle and Walmart. But a lot has happened since then. Here to bring me up to speed on the TikTok saga is the FT's Miles Krupa. Miles, what's happening that's jamming things up? The first thing was that ByteDance and Walmart and Oracle came out with contradicting statements about who would eventually own the app. The dispute centers around a company called TikTok Global that would be created as part of the agreement. Walmart and Oracle have been saying it will be majority owned by U.S. investors. However, ByteDance maintains that it will continue to own 80% of the company, calling it a subsidiary. On Monday, that prompted Trump to say that he would need to see Oracle and Walmart have full control over the app to approve any deal. So against that backdrop, TikTok on Wednesday filed a preliminary injunction seeking to stop the Commerce Department from banning its app from Apple and Google's app stores on Sunday. So then it seems to me like this injunction is kind of a bit of a stalling tactic until everybody gets on the same page. Um, what still needs to happen? What has happened for this to, to be all set? Both sides need to resolve exactly how the company will be owned going forward, the company being TikTok Global. And it's unclear to me whether they will be able to because China has said that they want TikTok to remain controlled by ByteDance. And President Trump has said that he wants TikTok to be owned by an American company or at least controlled by American firms. Whether they can hash out some sort of agreement with voting rights or board seats or some other method of ownership, it remains to be seen. Miles Krupa is the FT's venture capital correspondent. Thanks, Miles. Thank you, Mark.
and incomes are much lower than they were before the pandemic. The International Labor Organization found workers around the world saw their income fall by more than 10% in the first nine months of the year. It's a loss of more than $3.5 trillion, or a whopping 5.5% of global GDP. The ILO linked the drop in income to a fall in working hours. Like many other countries, Turkey was expecting a grim 2020 because of COVID-19. Earlier in the year, Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank predicted a full-year GDP contraction of about 5%. But they recently revised those statements. Goldman said Turkey's GDP would only shrink 3.5% this year. Deutsche Bank predicted a drop of 2.5%. Turkish policymakers bragged over the news. They said it shows their country won't be as hard-hit as other countries. But Turkey's currency, the lira, that tells a different story. It hit a series of record lows against the dollar this year. I'm on the line with the FT's Turkey correspondent, Laura Patel. Laura, why is the lira under pressure if the GDP outlook is improving? Well, the two things are actually very closely linked. Turkey has this kind of addiction to credit-fueled growth. President Erdogan and the people around him want to pursue growth at all costs, and the way that they try to achieve that is through cheap credit. So. Over the last year or so, they've massively lowered interest rates and really encouraged banks to lend. And that's a policy that they've extended since the coronavirus pandemic came here like the rest of the world. Now, the problem with this credit fueled growth is it comes as side effects. It creates a big current account deficit where Turkey's importing more than it's exporting. It creates inflation and it creates a weak currency. And on top of that, you have a couple of other issues. One is that foreign investors have fled the country. Another is that locals don't trust the currency and are preferring to save their money in dollars and gold. And all those things combined have put quite a lot of pressure on the lira, which is down more than about 20% this year so far. So, you know, today, Turkey's central bank meets. What can we expect out of that meeting? Well, it depends whether you're asking what we should expect or what should be done, because there's quite a big gap between those two things these days. I mean, most economists and analysts think that the bank needs to hike its benchmark interest rate, it needs to raise interest, detain inflation, to slow down economic activity and to strengthen the currency. But the bank has been very reluctant to do it. It's under very close watch of President Erdogan, and he doesn't want to raise interest rates. So in terms of what will actually happen, some analysts think that the bank might raise interest rates by stealth. It has these other rates, which are different to the main interest rate. And it's actually been pushing more funding through those in recent weeks, which is a kind of a backdoor way to try and strengthen the currency. If it raised those rates, it could increase the cost of funding even further, which would be a kind of interest rate hike by stealth. But some analysts think that it wouldn't be enough, that it'd be much better to come out and signal a clear intention. Yes, we're going to do whatever it takes to stop inflation, to stabilize the lira and to hike rates properly. But most people think that's very unlikely to happen. I want to back up a little bit. Laura, you mentioned that President Erdogan is reluctant to raise rates. Why Why is that the case? President Erdogan has, has long believed that high interest rates are a bad thing. And partly that's, you know, what a lot of political re- leaders think. They want high growth. They don't want high cost of borrowing for companies and for households. He has some quite unorthodox views on economics. He believes that high interest actually causes inflation rather than curbing it, which is the opposite of what most economists believe. So 
the president who's taken more and more control over Turkish institutions in recent years and now really does control the central bank, he really doesn't want high interest. And so the bank's in this bind where the economists and finance experts at the bank, they know what they need to do to stabilize the currency to stop inflation, but they really don't have the political space, the remit to do it. President Erdogan fired the central bank governor last year after they had a disagreement about the pace and the depth of rate cuts. Laura Patel is the FT's Turkey correspondent. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Mark. And before we go, in the wake of the protests for racial justice over the summer, many companies have been reconsidering their logos. Aunt Jemima's syrup rebranded. The National Football League's Washington Redskins will get a new name. And add Uncle Ben's to the list. Its parent company, Mars, says the more than 70-year-old brand of rice will now go by Ben's original. Mars acknowledges that the Uncle Ben's logo of an older black man promoted racial stereotypes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.